Sometimes in life, skepticism can serve you well. It can save you money, keep you from wasting a day at a timeshare presentation, and help you avoid spreading gossip. To be honest, when I am faced with a new scenario, I usually tend to be a skeptic until something proves me wrong. And if you're like me, you can probably spot a too-good-to-be-true health hack from a mile away and read labels like it's your job. That's where ritual comes in. They know that every good skeptic deserves a multivitamin that exceeds your standards. Their clinically backed Essential for Women 18 Plus multivitamin has high quality, traceable key ingredients in clean bioavailable forms. Take two delayed release capsules per day that optimize your body's absorption and you'll get nine key nutrients. Rituals Essential for Women is USP verified, so you know you can trust what you're putting in your body. Only about 1% of supplement brands on the market have the USP verified mark, which shows the product contains the ingredients actually listed on the label. On top of that, Ritual multivitamins are vegan, non-GMO project verified, gluten and major allergen free, certified B Corp and made traceable. I take my vitamins every morning with breakfast. It's part of my daily ritual and I feel so good doing it. No more shady business. Rituals Essential for Women 18 Plus is a multivitamin you can actually trust. Get 25% off your first month at ritual.com slash yoga girl. Start Ritual or add Essential for Women 18 Plus to your subscription today. That's ritual.com slash yoga girl for 25% off. Welcome to a brand new episode of the Yoga Girl podcast, Conversations from the Heart. I hope you're doing well today. Oh, I really am sitting here with my hands to my heart with this longing that you listening to these words right now, that you are well, that you're feeling good in your life, that you've had a good week. Maybe you're really ready for a nourishing, sweet, restful weekend. I hope you're well. <laughs> and I have uh, been thinking about being well a lot over the past few weeks. I've been thinking about wellness and what it actually means. Wow, I have uh, I have so much to share with you with you today. This past week has been one of the biggest weeks of my entire life, <laughs> which is something I didn't think I would say about a regular old week in April in 2021, but it absolutely has been one of the biggest weeks of my life. Dennis and I let go and got rid of and lost all of our belongings. <laughs> I'm mindful of the use of all of our belongings. Okay, let's say, yeah, we've, we've, we've lost 95% of everything we own, which is mind-blowing. I mean, I mean, like even saying that on the, on the podcast, that, this, that I actually did that, that here, here I am, but it's true. It's true. And I'm going to kind of walk you through this process today and share some big epiphanies and realizations around space and letting go and purging and big, big, big themes that are coming into my life, not in a subtle way, right? but in a big kind of punch in the face kind of way, which is the way I tend to learn all of my lessons. I never get those gentle little lessons that come my way softly. It has to be like a boxing glove to the head kind of thing. Yeah, here we are. So before we dive into this story, I would love to take a moment to anchor with you. I had a crazy day, <laughs> a crazy day in a crazy life, but literally ran up the stairs after a crazy day and sat down and, you know, turned on the microphone and here I am talking to you. So I definitely need this 
little moments to anchor and to ground. So if you're sitting down, let's get comfortable. Okay, I'm sitting on the floor. I'm on a couple of cushions. I always like to cushion myself a little bit when I'm sitting. It creates some more space for the lower back and the hips. And then a, a little view of where I'm at right now. I'm looking out at the, at the garden from the second floor of this Airbnb we are renting right now. And strangely, there are trees all around. And where I live, I mean, I live in Aruba. We don't have a lot of real trees. And we have palm trees here and there and a lot of cactus, but actual trees, densely green trees, we don't have a lot. And somehow I'm looking out to what looks like a little tiny mini forest in the middle of a desert landscape, which is very special. So take a moment as you're sitting down just to look around a little bit. What environment are you in? What's this moment in time you've landed in right now? You know, if you're driving a car, become a little more mindful and present in terms of what you're passing by and how you're in this car in this moment. And if you're sitting down and everything is quiet around you, take a moment to appreciate something beautiful in the space you're in right now. Appreciate something beautiful. Like I'm appreciating these trees in front of me. They're neem trees, if you know what neem is, which is a beautiful medicinal tree. Deeply appreciating these trees right now. Find something of your own that is beautiful that you can see. And then from there, we go ahead and we close the eyes, if that feels good. Let's take a couple of deep breaths, yeah? So long, full breath in through the nose, fill up. Open the mouth and exhale. Let's do that a couple times. Big inhale. And exhale. Last one. Fullest breath of the day. Inhale, fill all the way up. Inhale a little more. Hold. And then let it go. <sighs> Beautiful. Welcome. Hmm. We'll bring the breath back in through the nose and just take a few moments feeling into the body right now. Just sensing how you're feeling in the body in this moment. Sensing your breath, the blood coursing through your veins, the beating of your heart. Your lungs expanding and contracting. All of your inner organs working for you right now. Cells regenerating inside of your body in this moment. Take a moment to really feel on that tangible physical level this experience of being very much alive right now. There is so much unfolding and moving in the body every moment of the day without us having to make that happen. Right? Without having to think about the breath, about the heart, about the kidneys and the liver or anything like that. It just, the body miraculously works for us all day long. So feel this experience in this body right now. And notice what's there. See if you can articulate it a little bit inside of yourself. For me right now, I am sensing a lot of energy in my body. 
feels a little bit like my hands and my fingers are almost electric. Like I have a lot of energy pulsating, moving from having this kind of wild, wild week, I think. And I can sense a bit of warmth in my lower belly. Also, I have this point in my upper back on the right side of the spine of pain. It's been there for a while, a couple weeks, getting a little worse <laughs> every day. And even when I'm sitting still, I can kind of feel that point. It's like a little nudge. You know, my body wants my attention. So notice for you, yeah, same way I just articulated my experience in my body right now. Really feel into what's true for you. How are you feeling and how can you feel? How are you feeling it? How can you articulate that? Put words into that feeling. And just like I'm experiencing energy and warmth in my body and pain at the same time, we can feel many different things all at once. You can feel a little numb in one part of the body and very connected somewhere else. You can feel tired and energized at the same time, happy, sad. Just feel for a moment. Take a few breaths and drop deeply into the body. Go deep. Use this moment as a true doorway home to you. And then whatever shows up in this moment, We'll stay with that beautiful, never-ending practice of letting things be. <laughs> of letting things be. I smile when I say that because I know it's not easy. It's not easy to let things be. It's not easy to let things be the way they are. We want to constantly fix and improve and change and do better and get better and look better and feel better. But the gold is in the letting it be. The true gems of life show up when we stop resisting, when we allow, when we hold space for ourselves to just be the way we are. And I know that's true for me and my body in this moment too, that little point of pain I feel in my upper back. Every day I keep thinking, oh, I should get a massage. I should work on that, you know? I should practice more yoga. I should, I should. And I know when I let go, right? When I stop trying, when I take a break from all the fixing that's happening in my life right now, my upper back will soften too, you know? So any pain we're experiencing in the body right now, it's showing us something. It's important. We pay attention and we listen. And we can pay attention and listen without having to fix. So taking another few breaths in this moment, in this body, in this breath, in this perfect creation of you. Letting your next breath in just softly grow a little bit deeper yet. And through the nose, Gently exhale. Now you can choose if you want to blink your eyes back open and look around the space a little bit, or if you want to stay listening to the rest of this podcast with eyes closed, you decide. Hmm. 
Hi. Hi, hi, hi. Do scents evoke memories and transport you back to being on the beach during your favorite vacation? I know they do for me. Osea's Andaria Algae Body Oil smells like summer or the beach in Aruba, bottled with all-natural uplifting notes of mango, mandarin, grapefruit, lime, and cypress. But it's not just about the elevated scent. This body oil is clinically proven to instantly improve skin elasticity and deeply moisturize, leaving skin silky and soft. It delivers that coveted post-vacation glow, like you just returned from a tropical getaway. And right now, you can get 10% off your first order with our code YOGA at OseaMalibu.com. I love Osea's Andaria Algae Body Oil. I use it every single day and I have for so many years. It makes me feel silky smooth and just glowing. This body oil is rich but never greasy and clinically proven to instantly improve skin elasticity. It visibly firms your skin, leaving you more sculpted and toned. No wonder I feel so great after using it. But it gets even better. With Osea, you never have to choose between your values and your best skin. Osea's products are clean, vegan, cruelty-free, and climate-neutral certified. They are a women-founded company that has been making seaweed-infused skincare for over 28 years. So bring on summer. Get healthy, glowing skin for summer with clean vegan skin and body care at Osea. Get 10% off your first order site-wide with code YOGA at OseaMalibu.com. You'll get free samples with every order and free shipping on orders over $60. Head to OseaMalibu.com and use the code YOGA for 10% off. So yeah, this upper back point, it is kind of like... Like someone's poking me in the upper back with a sharp stick, (laughs) which is kind of how I'm imagining my higher self talking to me right now. You know, it's like, I also get this vision of Saturn for anyone who's into astrology. So the planet Saturn in the solar system is this planet of discipline, you know, planet of restriction, planet of get it done you know, do the work you were put to do in this life. And I have Saturn sitting on my rising. So I have a very intimate, intimate relationship with responsibility, you know, with doing the work with (sighs) like, I'm here for something big. Don't lose sight of it. Keep going, keep going. And I'm almost imagining like I have a little Saturn pressure point in my upper back right now, nudging me forward. And at the same time, showing me the sign to soften and let go. And I know that there's going to be a moment, there's going to be, at the end of this, the world's biggest exhale. I wish I knew when the end of this (laughs) is here, but I know, I didn't know before. I had this feeling like, you know, we found toxic mold in our house. We're losing our home, losing all of our belongings. Like, I didn't know how long this was going to take. So if I see light at the end of the tunnel, like where is that tunnel leading me? Where is the light? Where is the end? How long is it going to be? And I still don't know, but I really trust now. I really can trust that there is an end. And at the end of this, I will take the world's biggest exhale and go, wow, you know, we made it through. So this week, I know last week I shared with you guys a lot of miraculous beautiful things that have happened over the past yeah over the past couple of weeks in terms of the grace and the miracles and all the signs put on my path that we are in the right place 
that things are happening the way they're supposed to, strangely, even though all of this just hurts so much. And those signs have just continued to arrive every single day. I mean, I shared this on Instagram a couple of days ago, but part of part of the purge, and I'm going to explain how and why, you know, what is this process of, of letting go of everything we own and why and how is that happening? But part of that is, is I keep finding really cherished, treasured objects that are so sentimental to me. And I am one of those people, I, I collect things. I love to purge and declutter and organize, but I also have this big, big, big nostalgic streak where I have many sacred things like on my altar, for example, or items from, from people that have passed away in my life that I really held on to. I have also had a lot of big experiences in terms of death and grief and then objects tied to that, you know, that I've cherished really intimately because they remind me of a person or they remind me of grace or if there's something really intimately like I have a very intimate link with a lot of objects in my home. It's not just, you know, a bunch of stuff I buy at Target. Like that's not how I, how I shop or, or live my life, you know, and most of the things in our house are actually gifted or precious in that way. So one of the things or a category of things I cannot save is feathers. So I can't save any feathers. It is impossible to clean, to mold, sanitize, and mycotoxin sanitize a feather. So I've been over this. I know a couple of podcasts, but in case there's someone brand new wondering what on earth is going on. So just to clean mold from an object in your home. And if you found mold in your home and it's in every room and it's very severe, the way it is in our house, like severe cases of really toxic molds, we know there's mycotoxins on everything we own. Mycotoxins like mold spores break off from the areas of mold in your house and through ventilation and air moving around and all of these things. We have air conditioning units in the whole house. You know, air moves everywhere and mycotoxins move with these spores and then they land on things. And they're actually covered with this layer of grease. So mycotoxins are sticky uh, and they're smaller. They're, they're the size of coronavirus pretty much. So they're impossible to see. If I were to like, you know, shake up a blanket, for instance, in a bedroom and there's mycotoxins or mold spores on that blanket, it would take the whole day for that mycotoxin to land. That's how small they are, right? So we know they're in every room. We know it's everywhere on everything. Nothing is exempt from toxins in our house. And then how to clean things is you have to do this very specific process of wiping things down. And in some cases, scrubbing things down and HEPA vacuuming things and things like that. And things that are porous, like a feather, for example, are very, very, very hard to clean. Some porous things, impossible to clean. So anything you can throw in a laundromat, for instance, like in a big washing machine with a bunch of detergent and detergent boosters and borax, for instance, and they can run on high heat in the water three cycles right? That's going to be okay. And it has to be something very thin, like a t-shirt or, you know, a shirt and, or shorts or something like that, like something thin that can be cleaned. But for instance, like a couch cushion, you can't clean. A dry clean clothing, you know, like I can put it in the laundromat, but it's not going to survive it. It's not going to come out in one piece, you know, feathers. I can't put in the laundromat, obviously, you know, things like that. So feathers are this category that I can't save and feathers is this, this thing in my life, I have so many of and so many very, very, very special ones. 
I keep finding feathers on my path. I have this very sacred, old connection with feathers that somehow when I'm going through challenging times, it's like the universe placing little signs on my path. It's like I find feathers everywhere. People have gifted me really beautiful feathers along the, you know, over the years. I have, I love wearing feather earrings and I don't go out and buy, you know, like produced horribly sourced. It's like feathers found, found on the forest floor in Costa Rica, for instance, most of my feathers are found like on the ground in Costa Rica that a bird has shed. And I have one of them particularly, it's this big yellow and blue macaw feather that my best friend Andrea gave to me and uh, she passed away. I've shared story of many times she passed away in 2014 and she gave me this feather and it's this very very sacred feather that I have on my altar always and I'll use for smudging sometimes or I'll use it's just in my own private personal practice but I have it on my altar always also represents the air element when I build altars for for the for elements and things like that and I know I have to let this feather go, right? So I've had to collect all the feathers that I have and they're all hard to let go of for different reasons. But this one in particular, it's like, oh man, I haven't thrown them away yet. I just put them all in a Ziploc bag and all sacred items that I have to let go of. I'm going to do a, a fire ceremony at some point and put them in the fire and pray, you know, so it's not like I'm throwing them in the trash. I don't want to discard sacred items, you know, in a way that doesn't honor them. So on that day when I had to let go of that feather and I put them all in a Ziploc and I put them in a special like box to burn, you know, and it was the hardest day and I was like crying all day. And then I come home and Leah had been with our friends all day (laughs) and she runs up to me and gives me a hug. She's like, mom, mom, I got this for you. And she hands me a blue and yellow macaw feather. I mean, I could cry. I got goosebumps sharing the story. I've shared the story a bunch of times this week because it's so wild. And I'm like, what on earth? And she says, it's a very special feather and this one's for you. So it turns out she was with Patrick and Olivia, our, our best friends. And Patrick took her and Hunter, their kid, to his aunt who has like a little farm here where she like, she has her own chickens and she has peacocks and like just birds that she's like saved and rescued that she takes care of. And apparently they have a macaw (laughs) and Leah came home, not like, and she gives me this feather and it was like this perfectly preserved, amazing looking, beautiful one. And I couldn't get over it. I'm like, this is like Andrea coming right back through Leah, giving me this thing that I lost. You know, it's like nothing is lost. It's like if I need it, if it's something that's really precious, it's the energy of of it. No, it's not just the thing. It's like the love that's there, the connection that's there. And it came right back, you know. And then the funniest part of this, and I'm telling Dennis this, I'm like, I cannot believe it. And he's like, uh, d- did you see what's in the car? And I go, no. And I go, in the car. And there's a whole bunch of them. I mean, she has like a bouquet of macaw feathers. He was like, I don't know if it was... Like, you know, like that special. It wasn't like she found one feather and brought it to you. It was strange. Like she came home with like 15 macaw feathers because they apparently have a macaw that sheds a lot of feathers. <laughs> and I'm like, well, that's even more amazing. I am in the space of lack, of loss, of, you know, how are we going to afford to fix our house? What's going to happen? Like we're losing everything. And then here my four-year-old little like moon child arrives with an abundance of the thing I lost that I, that I thought I would never see again. You know, it's just 
amazing, right? So these little miracles, these little signs, which to me is a sign that we are on the right path. Otherwise, these moments of synchronicity, like to me, they happen when we are on the right path, when we are in a place of flow, even because this is true. We can be in a place of flow in the middle of a trauma. We can be in a place of flow in the middle of the hardest thing. And it's like, we're going through the hardest thing, but there's still something there nudging us on our path. It's this presence of something important universal love, spirit, God, whatever you want to call it. Like there's that connection there. And I'm sensing it now. Last week I had a few moments like that of like, wow, okay, there's miracles all around. But now this week I feel it every day, every fucking day. There's another thing like that that happens. There's another something that just, it's, 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 it's beautiful and, and so, so, so challenging, you know. Is your child struggling with a specific subject or need help with homework? Are they asking questions that you're not sure you can fully answer? IXL Learning is an online learning program for kids. It covers math, language arts, science, and social studies. IXL is designed. This program will improve your kids' grades. Studies done in almost every state in the country. The kids who had IXL are consistently doing better. Powered by advanced algorithms, IXL gives the right help to each kid no matter the age or personality. And it doesn't have to eat up all your time. One subscription gets you everything for all the kids in your home, pre-K to 12th grade. So don't miss out. One in four students in the U.S. are learning with IXL. IXL is used in 95 of the top 100 school districts in the U.S. Make an impact on your child's learning. Get IXL now. And listeners can get an exclusive 20% off IXL membership when they sign up today at IXL.com audio. Visit IXL.com audio to get the most effective learning program out there at the best price. So uh, this past week, we started one week ago. Today was day seven. We started the process of emptying our house. The whole house has to be empty. And I mean, every single item has to be out just the same way as if we're moving out completely, you know, to do like a moving move clean or something like that. So everything we've gone through room by room and each room determined like what are the things that can be cleaned that we really want to try to save, which has been a minuscule amount of things. I mean, it's, 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 I'm going to share a picture when all of this is done just to share, show you guys here are all of our belongings. <laughs> like it's, 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 and for us, you know, we are not minimalists after this. We are, we are, I guess we can, we can start to build a different kind of lifestyle, you know, where we have less and buy less and use less in a sense or, or save less. You know, that's something also, it's like this emotional connection to things that both me and Dennis have in different ways. But so we've gone through every single room and then we've categorized things. So we've had one category, which is like clean and save, which is a minuscule amount of things. And then we have, I have a category, which is burn, right? Sacred items that I don't want to throw in the trash that I will hold ceremony for later. And then we have clean and sell or clean and donate. So it's like clothes that we can save, that we can clean and safely know that they're going to be totally free from toxins, but actually we don't want to keep anymore. And that part of, of this has been really big, honestly, going through, especially like we've, I've held on to baby clothing, for instance, one of those things that of course, like I was expecting us to have more kids 
So, you know, and it's like babies, they grow so fast. We had so many clothes for Leah for all the different stages of her life. And I kept all of it, anything that wasn't broken or, or dirty or something like that. I kept all of it thinking that we're going to have a second kid. Of course, we're going to be used this. And eventually if we're not, then we'll hand it down. And, you know, it's all, it's all, it's all precious. And uh, now we just decided, you know, we're getting rid of everything, everything. Like we can donate this to the local, like clean it and donate it to orphanages if we want. We can, if there's special pieces there that we want to sell to recuperate some of these funds, like we can, but so much of it, we had closets of baby things that I have saved that are just gone, right? Like we don't, you know, and I just decided that if, if we have another baby, we'll do this differently. You know, I know now we don't need as much as I, as I thought I needed as a first time mom, you know, actually we don't. And I'm so glad right now that I don't have a baby in this moment. I'm so glad I am not pregnant. I'm so glad we're not going through this unbelievable upheaval of everything we know while tending to like a tiny infant. You know, that would have been, <laughs> that would have been a literal worst case scenario. So I also have this affirmation of maybe this is why we didn't have a second kid. Like when I thought we would, because we this wouldn't have been possible. I told my, I told my friend today is that if, if I, if I was with a, with an infant now and not sleeping and going through this, like you could all just check me in at a mental institution or something like it, like I would not manage, I would have a mental like nervous breakdown for sure, because it's been kind of like hanging on by a thread and we are in the perfect scenario to go through this. You know, we have Leah who sleeps all night was super easy. She's at an age where everything is manageable. Like there's so much of this where we are really blessed in that sense. But so, yeah, so that category of clean and sell or clean and donate is really big. And then we've had the category of throw away, right? Which started off like we have this in our front yard, we have solar panels in the house. We have this, is it called a pergola? Is that English? Is that, or is that just... Spanish word I don't know but it's like a basically like a roof roofing that extends beyond the roof of the house it's like a carport looks like a carport so sometimes we park our, our car there and we just started this little pile of like okay we're getting rid of this oh like all of our duvets all of our cushions all bags anything tightly woven a lot of like production equipment and bags and things like that we've we've gotten rid of any thick blankets like a lot of jackets and winter clothing and all of our shoes and like I'm trying to think of something yeah most almost all of our books all of Leia's stuffed animals almost all yeah no I, don't, I can't even say almost all of her toys <laughs> and that's hard for me to to even say because it, that it's the part of of this that is the most painful for me so every item that we keep we have to know we can clean and you know, like Legos and tiny little dolls. Like you can't clean a, a doll with stuff, stuff, stuff inside. And we, yeah, she, Leia's lost all her toys. Yeah. We've all lost like the things we've kept. I can, I can categorize because it's very easy, like plates and silverware, which is stuff I don't care about. And I, I didn't, I went through the kitchen. I'm like, there's nothing here. I have two pots that I feel like are really cherished, like La Creuset, like these special pots that I love. And I'm like, I have no attachment to anything in this kitchen at all, like at all. And that's the majority of the things that we could save, right? Certain kinds of furniture that you can wipe down, clothes that can be put in a laundromat. Yeah. Toiletries, all gone. Makeup, all gone. 
jewelry, if it's like silver or gold, like it's a high quality jewelry, I got this little machine. You can put each item inside and it cleans it through some sort of light or sound or I, I have to fight. I have to learn how this is done. It's like a professional grade jewelry cleaning thing. You can put one by one each each item inside. So that I'm grateful for. There's a lot of jewelry I could save, but anything that was woven or with beads or with a fabric or with a thread inside, because that's organic material where, where mold grows, I couldn't keep. Yeah, almost everything that was on my altar. I mean, you hear, it's like, it's like pretty much all of it. So we went through this process and we didn't know how long is this going to take, you know, and it's meant every single day the we, we we put on a hazmat suit, put on booties, put on this chemical mask with cartridges in it and then goggles and gloves. And it's, you know, Aruba, it's like what, 85 degrees all year round here. You put on this suit, it's like I'm zipping up a sauna suit every single day. And we're not using air conditioning in the house. We have all the doors and windows open to keep the airflow going. It's been, I mean, I I don't know if it's possible to detox while you're in mold exposure, but, you know, sweating is a detox, (laughs) helps you detox. I'm like, I don't know if I've been retoxing while detoxing or if that even is a thing. But we have been spending, you know, 10 hours a day at the house packing up our lives and this watching this pile in the front yard grow bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger. I mean, it, it's been, oh man, I, I don't even know. I was, if I'm detached from it by now, I watched this pile today. Today was the day the container came and we put everything in a shipping, like full on one of those massive trash containers. We filled an entire container with, with our, with, with things. And then watching that today, driving away from that container, I, I didn't feel anything. I didn't feel like I didn't feel this sense of loss. I didn't feel this sense of, oh my God, these things. Like I was like, okay, I don't know if I've processed as we've gone or if it's been seven days of this now. So I'm just desensitized. I almost said desanitized, <laughs> but no, I, 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 don't, I don't know. What's been miraculous to me and in a lot of sense is just how much I've been able to let go of I guess how much we've had hiding in different areas of our lives that didn't mean all that much to us. Like that's been a massive thing. For instance, we have a shed in the backyard. We have two sheds. We have one that's for like for sports things where Dennis keeps all of his surfboards and bikes and diving equipment and things like that. And then we have one that's a properly built. It's like a little house, basically like a shed with proper tile flooring and everything where we keep our Christmas boxes, for instance. We normally keep our, yeah, we keep our winter clothes for when we travel. We keep a lot of baby things, you know, our strollers from when Leah was little. Yeah, you know, you guys know, you have it too. You have a basement or an attic or a room where things go to die, right? (laughs) And then of course, certain things are like, we take them out when we need them, like the Christmas boxes once a year, those boxes come out, we decorate the house and then they go back in, you know. And then certain things have been boxes of things where we've put things because we don't use them and we don't need them in the house, but also we don't want to throw them away, right? Because it's this idea of maybe we'll need this one day, right? A really good example of that is baby stuff. It's been, you know, of course, we're not going to throw this stroller away or sell this stroller or give it away because we might have another kid. You know, we don't want to, you know, waste that, that money, of course, you know, we're going to keep it. 
But then all of the things that we've ever had for Leia when she was a kid, we've saved in that sense. And a lot of it hasn't been good. A lot of it has been like, oh, she never even used to this thing. Why did we keep it? Why didn't we give it to someone who would love it? You know, another example is like sports things for Dennis. He's a huge, he will fall in love with a sport and then go all in and get all the gear that he wants for this thing. And then a year later, he, he stops and he finds something else. A good example of that is uh, free diving. He was super into free diving for a long time and had these amazing goggles and these special free diving fins and special weights and special wetsuits and things. And he's like free diving all the time and taking free diving courses and like so into it, like go deeper and all this stuff. And then all of a sudden he finds something else. Like he started road biking, for instance, and then he stops free diving. And then those things, which are valuable, right? They're they're nice. They're in good shape. He hasn't used them for that long. He has this idea that, but I'm going to start free diving again, but he doesn't, right? <laughs> he doesn't. So then instead of selling those things, which would be great or gifting them to someone who's really enjoying them, they just kind of get to go in the back of the shed and they start collecting dust. And guess what? They start growing mold. That's what hap- what's happened. I have that with a lot of clothing you know if it's a piece of clothing that I felt oh man I I used to love this so much and I don't love it right now but maybe I'll love it again you know and I remember all the beautiful times I have in that special dress you know oh it's so beautiful or a bridesmaid dress for instance that I wore when my friend got married and it's like it was so precious this dress of course I'm going to keep it but then if I really think about it I never used it after that I never even looked at it after that wedding why did I keep it why didn't I? And, and I know we all go through these things. It is so hard. It's so hard to declutter our lives in this major way. So actually what's happened in our lives is that we've had these closet areas. Um, for instance, a really good example is the top of our house where I have my office, uh, which is also my practice space, has a whole wall of closets that we built, honestly, because we used to have that as our bedroom. So we had our clothes in there before. And then we moved downstairs and then that room had all these open closets. And what did we do? We just started packing them full with stuff, right? And I have thought about that a couple of times, how I I will enter this space where I practice, which is really beautiful, you know, only has sacred things that I use every day. Like this practice space, it's like my podcast corner. I have my desk with my computer and the rest is just sacred spaces for me to practice for all my self-care practices. But then a whole wall there, which are just doors that we almost never open for that have extra duvets for when we have guests. We never have guests, (laughs) extra pillows in case we need pillows, but we have enough downstairs. I don't know why we have extras. It's a tablecloths for when we have fancy dinner parties. We never, ever have fancy dinner parties. You know, it's like stuff goes in there. Shoes that I wore one time that I'm never going to wear again, but I don't want to throw them away. Little by little, we've just filled that closet, you know, full of stuff. And then sometimes when I am in that space to practice, I think about that. Like I have over the past year, like, oh my God, there's so much stuff back here. I could do something with that space if I cleared this out. But it felt like such a daunting task that I I just never did. And now it was the first room we tackled for this purge. We just tore open those closet doors. And uh, I mean, I, I don't think we kept a single thing that was in there. To be honest, I don't, I, I'm trying to think, did I, one, I had Andrea, my, my best friend, her bridesmaid's dress that she was supposed to wear for mine and Dennis's wedding. I kept, 
Like, like I kept, I kept, and I know this is a dress. It's a dry clean only dress. She never even wore it. You know, it was this dress she was supposed to wear and then she died before the wedding. So I've kept this dress all these years with this memory of like, this was hers, right? On our wedding day, we hung it in the, in the venue where we, where we had the wedding, the whole wedding celebration. And we had a little chair where we hung her dress and we lit a candle there and with a photo of her and it became like a little mini altar where people could go and like pay their respects and sit with, with the energy of her, you know, during the wedding, it was really beautiful, really, really special. So of course I'm not going to throw this dress away. You know, it has this energy of my, of this person I loved so much who isn't here anymore. And then when I, when I took this dress out and I really am holding this item and feeling the energy of this item and remembering our wedding and remembering, like she was the one who picked the colors of our, of my bridesmaids dresses. Like she picked this dusty blue color. Um, and I'm remembering the conversations that we all had, like which color to choose. And we were choosing between sea foam or dusty blue and dusty rose. And she really wanted the, the light blue. And we went with that. And I'm remembering these, these moments, right. And like ah, this dress that she was supposed to wear. And I remember her death and then the, 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 the heartache and the beauty of our wedding day and sitting there in that altar space next to her dress. I'm like, oh man, you know, there's so much value, sentimental, nostalgic, loving value in this item. It's not just a thing to throw away, right? Now, I could be, maybe one day I will be one of those people or get a closer to that place where, okay, the, it's the memory that's special. And the reason I want to hold on to the thing is because the thing evokes the memory, right? It's not the, the threads of the fibers of this dress that's particular, you know, somehow. It's like, it's the memory that's special, right? And then as I'm holding this thing that's been stuffed in a closet behind a door that I literally never open, but I've cherished this dress so much. I mean, it's, 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 it's been with me for, for all these years and I'm holding it and I go, but I never, I never engage with it. I never come here to take this dress out, to hold it, to hug it, to wear it, to, 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 to bring it into my meditation, to, you, you know, it's this very special, nostalgic, sacred item, but it's stuffed in a closet full of things that are just trash. Like why, why am I keeping things that are so important if I'm not keeping them alive? Does that make sense? And that's been, I think, one of the biggest and most beautiful takeaways of this whole process is in this last week, I have literally touched and held and felt every item that I own. Every single thing I have, I have held to my heart. And so many of those things, you guys, I didn't evoke this heart-stirring feeling of, oh, I cherish this so much. So much of it, I could just let go. So much of it, I could just put in the pile in the front of our house. And that pile grew every day, every day. And with every item I placed there, things got a little easier. And then I would come across, okay, here's something special, right? And a lot of those very special things relate to people that have died, relate to people who I know I, I'll never get to have an experience with them again. And the memory of them is in this shirt, you know, in this, in this sweater, in, in this pouch, in this card they wrote me, in this, you know, this feather, for instance. And I have so many of those beautiful nostalgic things and the majority of that majority of them I have hidden away. <laughs> 
Isn't that crazy? Like if we have that sacred, sacred, sacred thing, we should be with that sacred, sacred, sacred thing. We should have it infuse the memory of that person in, in our lives. Put it on display to look at every day. Make sure it's something that's actually tangibly present in our life, not stuffed in a box growing mold in the back of a shed that we built to hold the majority of our stuff. Like how bizarre is that? And sometimes, somehow that's just like the human experience. You know, it's hard to let go of things. It's easy to hoard things. It's easy to, to bring meaning into stuff. And I've brought meaning into stuff that actually didn't have meaning, you know, like dresses that don't fit me. And I'm thinking maybe I'll, they'll, they'll fit me again or, oh, but that dress was so, I had so much fun in that dress. So, you know, I don't want to let it go, but I, I haven't worn it for two years. Why is it still in my closet? <laughs> you know? So this whole process, it's been lit. Basically, it's been two categories for me. And I know that for Dennis, it's been a different experience, but he has been more in the thinking of, of what has this cost us, you know, and how much is this going to cost us to replace? Like he's really worried about money right now. And I'm not thinking like that. I have two categories. Like I, I, I don't, I'm not even in the, in the mindset of replacing, honestly, you know, we, we don't need all of this. We've had way more than we've needed. We don't need to think about replacing every single item To me, it's more, we get to purge our entire lives, walk away with almost nothing. And then we are going to encounter moments where we'll realize that, oh, we really miss something, right? Like, oh, here's something that we really genuinely do need. And in that case, I want to sit with that and evaluate that before we start adding things to our life again or spending money again. It's like, is this valuable? Or is it something we're going to use for a few months before it starts collecting dust at the top of a shelf in the pantry, you know? And my two categories have basically been sacred or trash. <laughs> I mean, that, that's, that's been my whole process this week, holding something, feeling that feeling of, is it sacred? Does it have meaning? And if the answer is no, and, it, you know, and I can't clean it, it's, it goes in the trash. If the answer has been, okay, it's not sacred for me, but I can clean it and we can gift it, right? We can donate it, we can give it away. So we have a whole room. Leia's room is now the room of, of donations and gifts that we're gonna that can be cleaned, that we're gonna clean really well before we either gift or, or have a garage sale or we do something with. And then we have this smaller room, which used to be our closet space, where we're putting little boxes of, of, of sacred, really of sacred, where I've been able to hold like a crystal and feel, okay, this means something. It's not just something that I picked up one time because I thought it looked cute and I never really feel anything about it. Like it's real, it's, it's precious. The books, the very few books that I've kept have been those books of, yeah, well, these are special. Like I love this book. I will read this book again. This has meaning, you know? And this whole thing of, of, of keeping sacred items because they have meaning, but then stuffing them away, that doesn't make any sense. It doesn't. So it's, it's made it sort of, a little bit easier to also let go of certain sacred things because there are many, many that I still have to let go of. Some of the most, most nostalgic items. I have two that are made with leather and I'm, I'm, I'm vegan. I don't buy leather. I don't, I don't use leather, but I have two items that are leather, both that relate to my, to my friend who passed away that are like, I cannot imagine myself letting go of this, but it's leather. I cannot clean it. So, you know, What am I going to do? <laughs> am I going to keep this thing knowing it has toxins on it, that it might potentially make me and my family sick again? 
what do I do? I don't know. And with those items I've put in, in, in sealed plastic bags wrapped five times with a sticky note, you know, or marked just toxic, but keep <laughs> what, <laughs> like how, how, how am I going to do that? I don't know. But I decided that certain things are too hard to deal with right now. And it's okay for me to save and let future Rachel deal with that. You know, maybe in six months I'll return and open that box and go, okay, maybe I'll find some magic solution where I can clean that thing, you know, and maybe, maybe in six months I'll realize actually I can cherish the memory that that item holds without the memory of it. I can take a picture of it and return to the picture when I want the memory alive. Certain things like art, pieces of art and things like that, where we can encase in resin, which is a huge process, which will make the art work like shiny, almost like glass, like it's wrapped in glass, but we can clean and encase in resin. And it's like, okay, so then it's like, great, so we have a solution for that. So we save everything that we can encase in resin. And I'm like, well, that also doesn't make any sense. You know, we need to really sit with this art that we have. Like, is this something that we find beautiful that we would love to hang in a new clean, like this new version of this home that's going to be totally clean and spacious, where it's something that we just have because it's stuck around for a long time or someone gave it to us and we're like, oh, cool. You know, we had a lot of things on the walls like that, that when I looked at it, I'm like, I don't actually really love it, but it's been here all these years. So it never occurred to me to take it down, <laughs> you know? Okay. Well, we can get rid of that. We can let that go and feel okay about it. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. So this whole purge, I mean, it's a purge of, it's a purge of everything we own. And I, I can envision that there is going to be a version of our lives in the future that are just totally free, totally cleansed, totally spacious, where I would love a version of a home where I know everything in here I love. Everything in here I touch and connect with, you know, at least every week, every month. Like it's not stuff that goes away to, to go in a box and then live in that box for years. But everything in here is sacred in, in different ways. And I realized even things that we wouldn't look at as sacred. For instance, we, I have a Vitamix. We've had this Vitamix for 11 years, the years Dennis and I met. I bought a Vitamix and we've had it. It's been through all three homes and we use this Vitamix, this blender every single day and 11 years in, it still holds up. I mean, this could be an ad for Vitamix. Vitamix is the best. Okay. I'm not paid to say that, but um, for instance, and then the fact that I have a ritual of, I make a smoothie in that, in that blender every single day for my daughter every day. Like that's, that's sacred. I sustain and nourish my family with the use of this item, right? So even though it doesn't have this, it's not something I would put on my altar and pray to, you know, it's not that kind of sacred, but it's sacred in that sense of, of every day, that everyday sense of, I use this to nourish my family. It's this important thing in my life. Okay, 
well, we got to clean and keep that. <laughs> so that's been my, my, my way of moving through this purge is, is it sacred? Is it not? Yeah. The vitamins, vitamix is sacred. Hell yes. Is it not? You know, then it, it goes in that pile. And today the container came and we put everything in there. We filled the entire container up and for that, that shed that we have, I mean, everything that was in the shed, first of all, was moldy. So knowing that things that I put away to think I was storing, I was basically, it was like I was putting them in, in the trash every time I put something in the shed. Like, we'll use this later. We don't need it in the house right now. We'll put it over there. We don't need that. You know, it's a completely unsustainable way to live. <laughs> completely. I mean, I look at that. It's, it feels so absurd now <laughs> that instead of, it became this cop-out. Well, because we had this shed, I didn't have to evaluate. Hey, can I just let go of this? Can I gift it? Can I sell it? Can I enrich someone else's life? Like someone else would love this thing, but no, I'm going to put it on a shelf in this shed where it's going to collect mold because guess what? The shed was moldy as hell. <laughs> so it's this, it's this new way of life forming for us in a sense. And what I have realized is when we go through the process of letting go of things, of items, of material things, we practice letting go in that big, big, big spiritual sense that we need when life throws us those curveballs and all of a sudden we have to let go of a relationship. All of a sudden we have to let go of a person because they died. We have to let go of a home because it, we lost it. We have to let go of a job because we got fired. We have to, it's, it's part of the human experience to be faced with this daunting, daunting task of letting go of people, of experiences, of relationships that mean so much to us. And we have to go through that in our life again and again and again. And we resist. We don't want to. We don't like change. We don't want it. So we start to hold on, you know. And then that holding on translates into every area of our lives. We start to hold on to stuff, thinking that maybe that will make my life better. Maybe I'll need it one day. But this was expensive. But it had value. But, 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 but you know, but I loved it once, you know, so maybe I'll love it again. I'll keep it. We hold on, we hold on, we hold on. And by dropping into this practice of letting go of things, which is really just stuff. And if you follow me on Instagram, you've seen how it's stuff is not just stuff, right? Stuff is the little pouch that my best friend wore that, 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 that every time I wear it, I feel her. You know, it's literally, I put that pouch around my waist and I feel her presence. So it's stuff is stuff, but it's more than stuff if it's special. The thing that, that can free up our lives is letting go of the things that aren't special, the things that weigh us down, the things that make our whole lives completely cluttered, you know, that keep us from being able to find things or know where things are, that just add this layer of toxicity to our lives, even without the mold. You know, it's like if we look at our home and you really, really, really look at your home, is this a clear, clean, light, spacious place for you to experience life from? Or is it this, this area, this thing that weighs you down where you constantly feel like every moment of the day you're cleaning? I have that feeling in, in our house constantly. Like I am organizing and putting things away all the time, every day, every day. And then that surface gets cluttered again. And then I clean it and then it gets cluttered again and I clean it. So why does that happen? You know, if I'm cleaning all the time, well, because we have too much stuff 
And we have stuff that we don't know where it belongs, right? And it's been such an eye-opening thing to, to, to realize just how, how quickly we could lose everything we owned and still be here and still be okay. And yeah, there are certain things I'm not okay with. There are certain things that, you know, having that, when I, whenever I have to have that, that fire ceremony and letting really sacred things go. But those things, I can, I can count on two hands, I think. If I don't, if I, if I think of Leia's, Leia's room, if I separate that, because that's been the hardest for me is everything relating to Leia, my own, if I really think of my own things, I mean, I think, I think I can count on 10, 10 fingers, the things that are, that feel really, really gut-wrenching, heart-aching, horrible, right? But then there were, what, hundreds, maybe thousands, I don't know, depends on how you count, things that I let go of and they're gone. And I probably won't, probably won't think of them, you know, individually again. <laughs> how crazy is that? shoes, makeup, toiletries, a lot of clothes, jackets, you know, I feel even just telling the story somehow, because it somehow our things, they, they make up our lives somehow, but somehow also our, our life isn't in our things. Right. And I mean, we know that it's like the biggest spiritual, easiest lesson of all time is like meaning isn't in things. Meaning is in love. Meaning is in nature. Meaning is in life. And there are certain moments with certain things where they actually enrich our lives. But for me, this big, this big pile hasn't added value to who I am. It's been, I think, stealing a lot of my peace stealing a lot of space, stealing a lot of time, the amount of time spent thinking about stuff, organizing stuff, putting it in the right place. And the challenge I think now is how do I not go back to that kind of lifestyle again where we accumulate, right? I would really, really, really love to live simply, to live cleanly, to live... Oof. And I don't know what the... I don't know what the future holds for us, but when I look at the house right now, it's empty. You know, it's totally empty as if, as if another family is going to move in anytime. And we're facing the stage now of remediation, which is the cleaning of the mold of in every room. I mean, completely, which is a very big job. We estimate it's going to take a, like two months probably to, to, we have to redo the roof, open up some walls, take materials down. We have to completely clean and HEPA vac and, and sanitize and paint and seal like every part of the attic, this attic space that we have where we found aspergillus, which is this mold that we all are really sick from. And at the end of this, you know, and this is also a, for me, the, the good part of this, right? The end of this, I can envision this home clear, right? Like a clear space, an actually healing container for us to live in, right? It's going to be, it's going to be kind of how I've touched every item that I own now. I've just, I've touched it. I've held it. I've really been with it. And what's left in those very few, in that little room 
it's it really has meaning now it's almost like the feeling of <laughs> i told dennis if we would get robbed now where we only have these things but these things mean so much i mean that would be that would be heartbreaking <laughs> that would be so hard. it's almost like we've distinguished like here is what means something to us and i'm like we have to make sure we don't lose this box like this one box i have it's it's the most important box in the whole world <laughs> because i really put all of my sacred most cherished items they live together now they're not scattered in different rooms and different closets and different things like they're all here like meeting each other which is also really special but envisioning the space now knowing that yes we are able to clean the house and we have a way forward and we'll be able to move back in if we want to move back in which I don't know if I do to be honest but just envisioning that space clean clear pure it's like I would love to when I put things back in the house or when we have a new house, if we end up moving somewhere else, like everything is up in the air, I don't know. Are we going to live in Sweden? Are we going to be in Aruba? I don't know. But this beautiful vision of opening the front door to your home, knowing that every area you see is meaningful. I used to think that, that the idea of that sounded really strange. Like, of course, everyone has cluttered shelves everyone has that 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 room where stuff goes right everyone has a messy closet but like does it have to be <laughs> I kind of wish I could have learned this 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 lesson gently and quietly like through Marie Kondo or something you know like this I loved her book and I love that show on Netflix it's so good could I have like gently willingly just purged things and then figured out you know that that, that, that this is right, the kind of life I want to live. Did, did it have to happen with this big smack in the face? Yeah, it did. Because this is how I have to learn all my freaking lessons, right? And there's a, the bigger component of, of the detoxification of our lives right now. Detoxifying, detoxifying our bodies, detoxifying our house, detoxifying our things, detoxifying our relationships. I am detoxing old, old, old relationships. I'm detoxing family dynamics, patterns, limiting beliefs, how I look at the world, how I relate with people. I mean, there's not one area of my entire life that isn't being cleansed right now. And it's been the most painful, excruciating, horrible experience. But I'm sitting here right now and it hasn't even been that much time. I'm a month and a half, what, into this. And already I, I understand I understand. Like, I, oh, I get it. I, I, I get that this is bringing us somewhere totally fucking beautiful. This is bringing us somewhere totally clear, totally pure. This is bringing us toward healing. It is. And we had a lot of things we didn't need, turns out. And that process of letting go, of purging, of, of releasing, of letting be, you know, letting go, saying goodbye, teaching me the biggest lesson I've always known is my lesson to learn in this lifetime. I wrote a book called To Love and Let Go. <laughs> I mean, you can't make this shit up. I wrote a book called To Love and Let Go. I know my lesson in this life is to learn to let go. And it's like, thank God the universe keeps bringing me reasons and ways to, to return to that thing I'm here to do. You know, I can feel that little stick poking me in my upper back right now it's like mm -hmm, mm -hmm, keep going keep letting go keep letting go keep letting go keep letting go keep getting closer to what you're actually here to do to be to feel to love keep letting go
So that's, that's where I am for now. Maybe this podcast, I mean, I know what I'm going through is very extreme and we are forced to do this. It didn't happen out of excitement or joy or anything like that, but I know it's inspired a lot of people to, to look at their homes and, and to start letting go in certain ways. You know, I know that. I know people out there have been inspired to get to the root of their mold issues just through like watching me share this online. I feel really good about that, to be honest, to be able to share this experience because I know so many people have been or are currently going through the same thing or have discovered that they have the same issue in their home. So if this podcast or listening to these words inspire you to let go, you know, maybe of things in your home, maybe of whatever is toxic in your life, you know, and it's almost like toxic things don't have to be just one thing that is unhealthy. It can be the accumulation of all the things that don't serve us, you know, and I can see that reflection of how I live my life in this way of don't worry, I'll carry it for you. You know, whatever pain you have, don't worry, I got it. Whatever problems you have, don't worry, I'll fix them. You know, in my family too, I have been the designated rescuer, saver, fixer of everyone's problems. I feel like I've lived a lifetime of carrying everyone's, carrying everyone's toxic shit. So no wonder I live in a toxic house. You know, I built this life <laughs> holding people's toxic shit and I'm done with that. And I started shedding those relationships a year ago before the pandemic, I started shedding those relationships. I stopped letting other people put their burdens on me. I stopped carrying it. I started putting it down. I started focusing on myself. And it's like, since then, everything has unraveled that hasn't been healthy. And I guess I'm hoping this is the last thing that it's like the house. Okay. After this, (laughs) what's next? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. But I can see how this these toxic walls, you know, and roof and floor, like the structure of my home, it's been toxic because I've had a toxic structure in my life since I was really little, holding on to other people's pain and, 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 and hardship, and it's not mine to carry. So maybe that's just how it works. We start to cleanse one area of our lives, and then it's like dominoes, you know, the next thing falls, and the next thing falls, and the next thing falls, and it's going to hurt, but it's leading somewhere really, really, really good. So whatever you are letting go of right now, I know you're letting go of something. Maybe you're resisting it. Maybe it's really hard, but you are letting go of something. Life is nudging you to put something down, to clear something out, to air something out. A relationship, judgments, your home, your things. Take a moment right at the end of this show now just to sit with that a little bit. What area of your life feels heavy? What area of your life feels toxic? And how can you move a little closer to letting go? And maybe what's true for you is you also have a shed, (laughs) a basement, an attic, that room. This could be a really good weekend to start. Start letting go of that and then see what comes next because something is going to open up. I love you. Thank you for listening. And um, I'll just be here loving and letting go until next week. 
Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode and a huge thank you to my sponsors. Please support them the way they support this podcast. This has been a presentation of Cadence 13 Studio. If you enjoyed this show, please listen, rate, review, and follow all episodes of the Yoga Girl podcast, Conversations from the Heart. Available now for free on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Odyssey, and wherever you normally get your podcasts. I'll see you next week.